This time on No Not The Mind Probe, episode number 93, Good Night Moon. Good night, Moon. Good night, Moon. Welcome to no, not the mind probe. No, no, just I mean, a, maybe not today. Yeah, no, the mind probe. You know, it's a, it's a selection of things, but uh, just today, no, not the mind probe. Nah, that's probably what most of our fans say when they're scrolling <laughs> through their through their uh, I, you know, their uh, their uh, Spotify, and they're like, mm, no, not the mind probe. It feels but. like when you call a friend <laughs> up on like it's like maybe eight forty five on Friday night, so they're they're still in, they haven't done anything, and you're like. Hey, you want to come out and mind probe? Oh, no, no, nah, no, not no, the not the mind probe. No, no. When we're done with this series, I intend to. I think he's. I think Paul Jericho's the original. No, not the mind probe guy. Uh, and I think we should cut a super cut of all of these line readings <laughs> and send them to him. I mean, like we came up with 150 options. <laughs> if you go back, you could 80. We could do another cut of the five doctors, and you can get this one. You could nail this one. Good. But he could also catch this if he just happens to be listening to this, which is a podcast. There it is, mm. where we watch and rank uh, the first three hundred Doctor Who stories, um, uh, right up until the end of Jodie Whittaker, uh, and then we move into the present day, and we'll talk about that shortly. But my name is John Grant. I'm a lifelong Doctor Who fan. I've been watching it for thirty nine fantastic. And my name is Porter Mason. And John's been asking me to watch Doctor Who for twenty seven years. A few years ago, I finally said yes. Finally said yes. Each episode. Of this okay. podcast, we look Buckle at down. two stories. Although, as John said, we're gonna kind of talk about three mm. for a few episodes. Stay here. tuned. We go through the uh, now. What do we call it? I've been saying the newer series. Well, oh boy. Gosh. middle era, middle who now, and the, then there's gonna be the the classic new. I can't modern? even say the Russell T Davies era. No, no. Oh, God. classic modern. New, but then we'd be shifting new to the new. The new. Brit Box era. Brit Box, that's the classic. <laughs> well, anyway, well, the anyway. one that started in 2005. <laughs> right. <laughs> we're going through those in order. And then John acts as a sommelier and pairs uh, one of those stories with one of the classic stories. John, what do we have in store for this episode of No, Not the My Probe, the podcast? Yeah. Yeah. Well, Porter, it's to the moon, Porter, to the moon. I made that joke. I think it's the end of the last one, but it's a good joke. It's still good. good. Referencing the honeymooners is topical. It's a thing that a lot of the kids remember. Actually, probably <laughs> yeah, kids that's right. Never even heard of the honeymooners at this point. Sad, sad. Sad. Uh, Ralph Cramden. Uh, uh, anyway, uh, Jackie Gleason, fantastic. Right, Gleason. Yeah, it was Gleason. Yep, right? Gleason. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> um, and, and Art so, Carney. Art Carney. Yeah, yeah. Very good. Uh, uh, anyway. That's not what this show is about. We won't be watching that. Um, but the moon connect. The moon connects our uh, our stories. Uh, uh, this time we have the next episode in the Peter Capaldi, Jenna Coleman run, um, uh, featuring yet again another random child wandering into yeah. the TARDIS. Uh, we'll get to that. But they they uh, they they travel to the moon and and face the dilemma of whether or not they have to kill the moon. A very intriguingly named. Uh, story uh and we've paired that with um one of the i think possibly the earliest uh visit uh, of doctor who to the moon i don't believe they'd been to the moon in the heart and this is a very early patrick trout and second doctor story featuring in polly and jamie it's packed packed story on the moon base all right but wait so we're gonna, but wait we're gonna we're gonna start with the special right oh 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 should we do that yeah. Yeah, we'll start with the special. Okay, we start with the new, we, the new, new. So here's then the, the deal. Then the new, then the classic. <laughs> you guys know this. Yeah, it's December eighteenth, something like 18th. that. Eighteenth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, you're right. Yeah, yeah. As of as you're listening to this, because you guys listen to these right when they're right when they're off the griddle. You, you like to click get in, these right when they're click off the griddle. Click and refresh or something. I, I guess that's probably how it works. And I don't know what time do these go live. Like, do they? Is there a set time? in the morning? Eight a.m. Yeah. Is there a set time, or is there just a, just some 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 people at the at the little operator center like clicking wires into holes and being like, "Got to Doris, got to put up mind probe." <clears throat> Generally, hold, it's hold eight a.m. Probe. <laughs> it's eight a.m. Eastern. Mm. And so that's uh, what is that? 3 p.m. GMT. 
something like that. So, uh, well, well, anyway, uh, anyway, <clears throat> sorry. So, because that happened, what just what just what just happened here, John, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in the world of Doctor Who, in the in the month of November and December two thousand twenty-three, we had a new story. What? The sixtieth. We've been at three hundred episodes for three hundred for a, a while, while. Um, over a year. Yeah, and then we we finally embarked on the sixtieth anniversary specials, and uh, we have I've, I've already spoiled some of this reporter, but David Tennant is the fourteenth Doctor. He's also the tenth Doctor. And uh, he's also the the, the metacrisis doctor because he was a second. He's split up, and one of them is living with Rose. Contractually, he has to be every other doctor. Yeah, he's That's he's like, a lot of doctors at this point. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Uh, and uh, Catherine Tate returned, uh, and it will embark upon the Russell T D Davies era with the Star Beast, uh, the first of these specials, and uniquely for at least at the moment for no, not the mind probe. You and I are in the exact same. Uh, we've seen these episodes the exact same number of times, assuming you've only watched it once. I've only seen it once. I've only watched it once. And so I still, obviously, I have my latter half of Peter Capaldi and Jodie Whittaker era mm-hmm, mm-hmm. holes in my Doctor Who memory. Sure. But everything else, I've seen a survey enough of the old Doctors, and then I've seen all of the new Doctors up until yeah. then. And you so know the, the I, Dr. Donna story. That's what you I know. I definitely know needed. the Dr. Donna yeah, story. That's what you needed. So yeah. I said, you know, I'm just going to watch these as they go. So we just want to talk about them briefly. Yeah. So the, hot take. Hot take. So the, so the Star Beast, we see him come back with Donna. As where we last left Donna, she her memories wiped from all of her time with the Doctor, though everyone around her knows about it. And so it's sort of ludicrous that it would not have come through uh, until then. And by the way, all this, <clears throat> you know, as we know in the the Earth of Doctor Who, alien stuff is happening all the time yeah. around her, but she's being shielded from it. And the reason for that is if she the thought is that if she does tap back into that, her mind will kind of overload with the right. Dr. Donna era and she'll she'll die essentially if she yeah, remembers the exactly. doctor. So anyway, we meet her. She's now married. She has this grown it's been a while now, right? Because she has a grown daughter, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, well I think I think Rose's daughter, I think is supposed to be like fifty uh but in sort of that but classic still, yeah yeah classic uh, well yeah and actually it was 15 years ago i think technically that the that's Dr. crazy Donna, yeah or something wow. like that or, uh, anyway yeah so uh um uh yeah it's 15 uh year old yeah it's like 2008 i guess so yeah uh and uh yeah uh and so they're like, living together her mom's yeah, living a, with them it seemed like um, yeah she's always seems to be around um and uh, we don't see bernard well, he's hinted, talked about him. They say he's he's off staying with them. Uh, unit gave him a a nice place to stay or right. something like that. Yeah. <clears throat> well, so anyway, there's a it's a it's a story of they they discover this little adorable looking alien called a meep, mm-hmm. and of course the rest of the family is telling the doctor like get out of here, um, don't right. want, like get away, and the the alien gets befriended by the daughter. Uh, we ultimately find out that. And then we see a bunch of other aliens come and, and try to capture the aliens. Little, yeah. Yeah. C- cute little alien. And then a kind of a good Doctor Who twist, we realize like, well, the cute aliens, actually the evil one mm-hmm. and the crazy bug ones are actually good. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then explain kind of what happened at the end, because I kind of followed it. But basically, Donna does remember the doctor, but is fine. And then at the very end, the way they isn't that how they kind of dismatch dispatch yeah, with so, me? So, if I understood it. There, Donna sort of starts to remember the doctor, but not totally. Uh, and um, uh, they end up in a situation where the doctor they're separated in this room, and the doctor can't hit all the switches at the right at the same time. And so, the only way to save the earth and to save Rose and everybody from the meep is for her to remember, right? And basically, he's got like a Cody's. safe word or something yeah he yeah. can just kind of trigger it. It's like a hypnotist, yeah, it's like a hypnotist, like nutmeg, and she's like, ah, yeah, and. Uh, and she, he does it, uh, and then she becomes the Dr. Donna again, but yeah, she doesn't die because, uh, and I thought this was reasonably, she has a daughter, and so she's now has a daughter, some yeah. of that energy or whatever to the daughter, uh, and then, then it, then blah, blah, blah happens, and at the end, they're kind of like, well, you know, we can do the one thing a male presenting Time Lord can't do, we can just let it go, and then they just kind of went, mm, and the little, and I don't know, I don't know that one, all right, Russell. But uh, <laughs> I wanted to end that plot point, I guess. But yes, yeah, so they apparently somehow are just able to be like, huh, we're just going to let the excess whatever go. Uh, and we're and all it looks like now. they were regenerating. 
Yeah, right. I think they were like, I don't know, just emitting. I, I think, can't women do this? Can't women just emit life energy? I don't know. Does, does yeah. Mrs. Probe do that? Does she just like glow? Yeah, they bit? just I mean, fluff it off. They yeah, just like, yeah. Here you go. Uh, yeah. So yeah, so then um, uh, we get a very cool new TARDIS. That was very exciting. Uh, a huge. very cool looking TARDIS. Huge. Should mention too, because it was kind of tied into that plot point at the end too, in a big way, that her daughter is trans. Oh, yeah. And that part of her experience in going through the absorbing of the energy and then letting go of it seemed to she was trans and was fully presenting as that but seemed was going through a lot in her life and still seemed really like tortured yeah and going through that experience she sort of emerged very confident in uh, of her yeah. like like she had found herself fully which was really an interesting moment like, yeah it was a nice uh, there's a nice and they have the nice little moment where the doctor uh assumes the meep is a he and then is challenged on that and he says oh yes good point and then there's like i identify right. as the meep <laughs> yeah which is great yeah, yeah. Uh, that's miriam margulies by the way uh as the voice of the meep who she was in harry potter she's the was she the the potions one or whatever i don't know she's oh, okay. one of the or she's one of the uh harry potter wizardy teacher people oh, okay. um and she's she's always she's a real hoot in interviews and stuff that no, was a good episode i liked it uh i thought um so this is actually based on a car a comic from the 70s uh in doctor who magazine um written by so some of the early doctor who comics were written by like the guy who wrote the watchman uh and like wow. some, yeah there's oh, some really big yeah um there's some really big names uh in some of these early um early cart- uh, comics and uh so yeah this was a story from that so i did know the twist with them going in um but it was still nicely done I thought, uh, and yeah, it was a fun episode. You you haven't had the experience of watching the last uh, couple years of Jodie well, Whittaker. No, the writing talk, wasn't as solid. So this I was talked a nice to you, boost. and yeah. I also talked to um, super fan Paul mm. about my reaction to this. And I was a little bit underwhelmed by it, though it was nice to see David Tennant and and uh, Catherine Tate. <laughs> I thought it was like it was okay. I, I don't know. I didn't mind any new characters or you know anything like that, but just didn't love the plot that much. But both he and you said, oh, compared to what we've just been going through, this was like just sort of because I just said to me, it felt like, yeah, just sort of a competent story. It was fine. Like, I yeah. didn't, it wasn't bad. It was just fine. And he was like, that is better than what has been <laughs> like a nice, fine, competent story feels like a very big like step forward. Kind yeah, of. there were nice characters in it. It was very it was the, the dialogue was breezy the the it looked fantastic i mean there was some yeah. uh i mean clearly they have disney money now and uh, i think your rtd even mentioned it and um the like there's a one point there was like a drone shot of like a battle on the street that's like got the whole street with aliens and soldiers and explosions and uh and it's it's in 4k or whatever uh, it looks uh, it looks fantastic it is as a doctor who fan it is really weird to watch it and have the Disney logo started <laughs> off and then go to the credits. It's like, that is so strange. <laughs> oh, one other thing before I move on, because we should get to these two, mm. is the unit like scientist who was in oh, the yeah. wheelchair. Mm-hmm. She was really good. Is she a character who's from the that other years or is that new? No, she's new. Um, that was, she was cool. I liked her. Yes. Ruth, Ruth Madley, I think is her name. She also plays. She's also a different companion in the uh, Big Finish uh, stories. Also oh. uh, in a wheelchair, Hebe. Uh, she's very good, and uh, it's it is not a spoiler to say that she's going to become a recurring character. Apparently, okay, cool. Apparently, well, that's a great. Lot I like her coming up. So, uh, um, uh, yeah. So, an exciting start to the new era. There you go, and there you go, folks. Hot take from us. That's the hot take for today. Normally, normally I've ha- I've watched episodes ten or twenty times. I've done research. I have facts and figures. This one, I'm absorbing it like you are. I'm just I'm just a common I'm just a commoner like the rest of you. Of us, yeah, yeah. And then you know what you should probably do is like, what would you have paired that with? Mm. <laughs> what two other episodes would you pair that? With? That is, yeah, that is a very strange. I did, I did in the theme. We'll find out in the themes. I did find a common little link in there. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I work hard. Kill the Moon. Uh, this was Series 8. It sounded like a stage direction. All right. Kill the Moon. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right. Killing the Moon. Bring up the sun, please. <clears throat> By the way, I've also, for the past three weeks, uh, like the most of the United States, had a very bad uh, chest cold and cough. So I'm going to attempt not to cough on this recording, um, but I can't promise anything. I and also is why I will fight laughter. So, John, mm. say nothing funny. That will be your Got job it. there. I got it. 
I will try to make this podcast as dull as possible. Series eight, episode seven. Uh, yeah. We have the 12th Doctor. We have Clara. We have, for mm-hmm. some reason, Courtney Woods. Uh, <laughs> and we are on the moon. We are on a spaceship <clears throat> in the moon. Mm-hmm. This is story number 248 of the first 300 stories. It aired in October 4th, 2014. And we have a clip here, which I'm going to play for you. Here we go. No, you've got the tools to kill it. You made them. You brought them up here all on your own with your own ingenuity. You don't need a time lord. Kill it or let it live. I can't make this decision yeah, for well, you. Yeah, well, I can't make it. Well, there's two of you here. Oh, yeah, a school teacher and an astronaut. Who's better qualified? I don't know. The president of America. Oh, take something off his plate. He makes far too many decisions anyway. She. She. Sorry. She hasn't even been into space. She hasn't even been to another planet. How would she even know what to do? I am asking you for help. Listen, we went to dinner in Berlin in 1937, right? We didn't nip out after Putin and kill Hitler. I've never killed Hitler. And you wouldn't expect me to kill Hitler. The future is no more malleable than the past. Okay, don't you do this to make some kind of point. Sorry. Well, actually, no, I'm not sorry. It's time to take the stabilizers off your bike. It's your moon. Womankind. It's your choice. Mm-hmm. All right. Rough, rough talk from the doctor. Do you think do you think they call them stabilizers in Britain? Like so uh, training wheels. We call them training wheels. Training wheels. wheels. Yeah. Do you think I, I I was always wondering is like is that do you think they call him stabilizer or do you think he's made, he's an alien so he's like well sh- spaceships have stabilizers <laughs> should be stabilizer I don't, I, don't know. Know. I don't know I don't know if you're right a British fan of the show right in yeah yeah Peter Capaldi right in <clears throat> okay Peter <laughs> yeah <laughs> don't call though don't call we're busy we're very- so going through the plot <clears throat> yeah we we arrive on a shuttle in twenty forty nine so not too far off here and <laughs> although the, it, it is the rare case where. We go to a 2049 that is totally believable, and the plot of Earth at that point in 2049 is we are so uninterested in space that the only spaceship available is in a museum. Uh, only spaceship available is a space is an old space shuttle from a museum that they had to like bolt back together. So I was like, you know what? That is believable. We're actually headed in a slightly different direction right now, mm-hmm. but in 20 mm-hmm. years from now, who knows? So anyway, they they're in this cargo bay of. Oh, and actually, sorry, I should say, what gets them there is this weird confrontation, in my mind, of Clara saying, I mean, the init- the initiation of it is Clara just saying, like, hey, you said something rude to the the girl, uh, this Courtney girl who's stowing away with them. Right. I think, like, she's insignificant or you yeah, don't you matter. Said, or, like, yeah. you know, you just made some Peter Capaldi doctor comment to her. I can't say that to a kid like that. Like, it, it really kind of sent her spiraling. Can you just say, I didn't mean it, you know, and he doesn't want to. <laughs> And then basically, said, and it's, yeah, about like that you're not important. Yeah. And so he says, like, okay, sure, here, you want to go to the moon? You'll <laughs> yeah. be important. Yeah, you'll be the first woman on the moon. You'll be right? First woman yeah, on the moon. Yeah, yeah. But again, the shuttle, but what they realize is that, like, first of all, they're not landing on the moon. They're like hurtling toward it, crashing into it, and that the ship is full of bombs. Mm-hmm. Also, when they get to the moon, they're hoping to bounce around um, in the low like gravity, and they realize, like, like no, it's just normal gravity, which is a great cheat to not have to do any. Yeah. That's really, yeah, really good. Yep. Because they were filming. Uh, it's an impressive moonscape. And they that was filmed in Lanzarote uh, on an island that's like a volcanic oh. island. And I think they just did some digital wow, stuff really? to it. Wow, yeah, really? Oh. Yeah. So that, yeah, yeah, it looks cool. It looks great. Well, so they meet the rest of the astronauts <laughs> who are like barely astronauts. Yeah, pretty what, impressive group. Yeah. And what <clears throat> they're told is... <coughs> sorry about that. Uh, what they're told Daniel. is the... Yeah, these are bombs. We're here to blow up the moon. Because it's been wreaking havoc on the Earth. Tides have been changing, moving around. You know, coastal communities been thrown into turmoil. And yeah, the real estate prices dropping. People, I mean, just really yeah, tough. Like, People's really second important. homes, yeah. people's summer homes, are their prices are going down on them. Yeah, right. Yeah. Their HOA fees going up to cover the new insurance costs. It's a nightmare. It's a real dystopian so, future. <laughs> they're sent to kind of check it out. And they're sent with bombs that in case what they need to do is blow up the moon, then they're going to blow up the moon. Got it. Okay. This, I remember so, that. Do you remember the Mr. Show uh, sketch, the blow up the moon sketch? That, uh, yeah. <laughs> it was a, so Mr. Show is uh, uh, Bob Odenkirk and David Cross. It's a it's an HBO, early days of HBO-ish show in the yeah. 90s, I think. That's sketch a, comedy, late 90s. Sketch yeah. comedy, yeah. And there was one sketch where they were, 
they just announced that uh, they were America was going to blow up the moon. <laughs> it was just like sort of like I, America was just bored. Like, we're like yeah. I don't know. What, I why walked we on it. Up? I hit a golf ball on it. What else is there to do? And they had like a country music singer like talking about blowing. It was a very funny sketch. And then NASA, yeah, NASA was blowing up the moon. Anyway, sorry. So then we learn more about the, what's going on here. Um, and the doctor finds out, well, and we see we get attacked by some weird spiders and we find out that they're not spiders, they're bacteria, because mm. what we find out is that the moon is not a moon. It's actually a big egg with an organism inside it mm-hmm. and it's ready to hatch. The, mm-hmm. the organism is going to come out. This huge like organisms do. Thing. Yeah. Like a bird dragon thing. So Which we obviously reached... makes sense. It's in an egg. It would <laughs> it's sure. not going to be a mammal. No, I mean, your moon egg, your come classic on. moon egg is clearly not going to be a mammal. I mean, it could be a leathery <laughs> egg, like and a, then a platypus or an echidna could, could mm, hatch from it. Fair. That's of fair. course, that's never covered here in Doctor no, Who because no, they I refuse to yeah. talk <laughs> about monotremes yeah. in Doctor Who. And, you know, that's a whole <laughs> other thing. Yeah. Hopefully we'll get to that in themes. But Yeah, yeah, that was where I was going. Yeah. So then we get to this moment where the doctor presents him with this big choice and basically says, like, you can do nothing, let this organism hatch, um, or you can blow it up and kill it. What will happen either way? Don't know. If you blow if you blow it up and kill it, you're still gonna have this huge thing here. It won't be alive, but it's, it'll, it'll still be massive. Yeah. Huge chunks of it may still go to you know, who knows? Um, if it hatches, it could be uh hostile toward the earth. Right. Could eat the earth. Huge chunks <laughs> of the egg could still, you know, all these things. You don't know. And then he has this big thing where he says like, okay, well you guys figure it out. And then Claire is very put out by this. Very bad. And the rest of the episode is the three of them, because Courtney is like lightly involved too, of like the different sort of reasons behind it. And it gets into this weird sort of like choose life thing too. Yeah, it's kind of, of an like, abortion thing going yeah. on underneath it, which is sort of interesting. Because they're like, it's an unborn child. Like, what? Yeah, it's what, not his like, fault that it's going to kill everything around it or something. It's like, well, it's, okay. it's an unborn dragon the size of the moon so <laughs> anyway no then they do that bizarre then the earth vote. takes a vote yeah, they do like we, trl live like but only people i guess only people at night can vote because they it's by turn off your lights right well, this uh, is yeah. impressive yeah first of all only the part of the earth that's at night and facing the spaceship will be yeah. counted but she claire, claire tells him hey everybody turn off your lights if you want to kill the moon uh leave on your lights if you want to save it it was impressive to me is that the Earth got their their stuff together to like all turn the lights off? Like that wouldn't happen because as she was saying this the whole time, it was like, okay, so you're gonna see some people with lights on and some people with lights off. Like, what what is that gonna tell you? Are you gonna count all the lights? Like, what? You know. <laughs> well, but, but I think so. They they all the people turn the lights off, or they turn the lights on, don't they? Whatever they do, they send the signal of kill it. <laughs> that they was... turn the lights off to say kill yeah. it. Okay, yeah, that, okay. that's what I'm so saying. They lights... all get together yeah. and, they're all and like, actually yeah. all say kill the thing. So it's kind of a very cynical view of like, I mean, and I'm not wrong. I actually think that's probably what people would do. But yeah, they're just like <laughs> kill it, kill it immediately. And then Clara's like, oh. Man. So then, at the very last second, Clara says, "No, what what no. happens? Well, no. the thing." Is adorable. Miss dictator, dictator Clara, who doesn't yeah. care about voting. Yeah. She leaves Donald the egg. Trump Jr. there. The, the little uh, dragon leaves the egg and flies away and lays a new egg. And you still have your moon. Still get your you moon. have your precious moon. Yeah. Everybody happy now. And then the doctor comes back. And I feel like no one is sure how to feel about any of it. Because th- they come back. The the woman who Clara, like, and the rest of the world, like, Clara just overruled is kind of like, oh, well. Okay, uh, I guess all's well that ends well. But yeah, again, like to your point, she just went against everything. Yeah. And then the doctor comes back and Claire is like, how dare you make yeah. us make a decision? You should make uh, all decisions for everyone. Uh, <clears throat> and then Courtney, we're done. <clears throat> and then Courtney is here's what I'll say about Courtney. I don't like as a character. I don't know what, what I think is interesting about her is that she's well written as a character in the sense that like she acts like a 12 year old child the whole time. And the actor does a good job at it. And the writer almost is like making her such a 12 year old child and almost making her unhelpful at certain points, not in a way that is interesting or helpful or serves a plot. It was like, yeah, 12 year old would just be like, I, I just want to go home now. Like, yeah, I don't really want to do this. And, <laughs> and it almost is the writer saying, like, I don't want this character here anymore. Like, <laughs> I, can we just not have her here? I don't really know why she's here. Like, because nothing happens that is helped by her being there. I, no. 
I just, it, it was very strange. So then the episode ends, Claire's really put out, and she basically says, like, I'm done. We're done. And she yeah, leaves, no and that's the end of the episode. And Danny kind of affirms it. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. It was a weird episode. I agree. Uh, it is, it was a controversial and divisive episode, but it came out. A lot of people, some people loved it. Some people thought it was really good. Uh, I was just a little, same as you. I was kind of like, that That point at the end was sort of like, I was, I think you're supposed to be on Clara's side, and I wasn't. I'm like, no, yeah, he's kind of, the doctor's right. Everything the doctor says makes perfect sense, which is like, yeah, if you, if you want me to side against the main character, the title character of the show, who's supposed to be a godlike person who's always really good, you're going to need to, you're going to need to give me more ammunition than that, I think, yeah. uh, to side against him. The other thing people strongly objected to, which I think is hilarious, is the physics of it. They were like, how can it have more mass and then lay another yeah, the, egg the same side of the moon? It doesn't make sense. And all that. It's like, yeah, well, cool. Well, yeah, it's really, you're, you're really, you're calling out the physics of a show with a blue box that's bigger on the inside. Like, come on, everybody. But yes, that upset a lot of people. Yeah, the Courtney is another... It's like it's like the the one nightmare in silver uh, from last season with the Cybermen on the on the uh, resort or the theme park planet uh, when uh, Clara's two kids who we'll never hear from again uh, <laughs> traveled with them. Uh, for, it's like Stephen Moffat, like I don't know, contractually obligated to include a child in every <laughs> like once this, a season. It's like but this one. Come on, everybody, you were gonna love this, and everyone's like, no. I don't. Actually, it is just like that episode because yeah. similarly, didn't they just kind of like go away halfway through in the episode too? Yeah, like, right, uh, yeah, never mind. Yeah, I don't know why they're they, here. Yeah, and then she gets <laughs> plunked in the TARDIS, and she doesn't come back. I mean, she. I agree. She's a better actor than the other kids. And um, she yeah, is, she's it, fine. More I just depicted. It's just no point to it. Like, yeah, do people like? I, I don't. Again, I, we talked about this in the past. The, the child genius and whether like sci-fi writers seem to think we need kids need this to identify with. I thought the bacteria creatures were very scary. The little spider They're, thingies, they were yeah. creepy uh, and well real. And the moon is well realized. And then yeah, just that that I doctor, wanted to see the the moon dragon a little closer. Like yeah. he just went away. I mean, you know, it's, that's a pricey yeah. shot. You got a little little <laughs> in the. Disney years, we'd, yeah. be, oh, we'd be seeing yeah. plush figures of that dragon. We'd be seeing it all over the place. Yeah, it was that that end confrontation. Just, just like uh, I, I, I feel like yeah, they wanted it to be this big emotional thing with Clara, and I just it, I it didn't sell me, and I'm just kind of like uh, Clara's just kind of being annoying here or being spoiled almost, and the doctor's being a little obtuse. Uh, and then I, I didn't even like Danny the way that Danny portrays like, yeah, I told you this was going to happen. It's like, really? You thought she would have to decide whether to destroy the world or not? Yeah, that's that's it. Uh, and uh, yeah. And then she's like, I'm breaking up. We're done. We're finished. Which I mean, since I know you've seen it, which is immediately undercut by the very next story. So it's like also like it, it was just, just a very. Well, yeah. yeah, we'll yeah. talk about that next episode. But like, yeah, my one thing coming out of it as I was like, oh. Maybe Clara's moving on. Like, I, I don't actually know exactly when she leaves. So I was like, oh, OK, maybe it feels like they were just kind of short circuiting that. And and you could kind of seem like, OK, you know what? Like, we don't know ever what was going on in her personal life, but maybe she didn't have much going on. Now she's kind of pretty serious with this guy. And maybe it's sort of like, you know what? What am I doing? Like, I have a life now. Like, mm -hmm. and so I could see her moving on. But then, like, that's not what happens. So what? It just is a weird kind of whiplash thing of like, why is this? There was no hint of this. Uh, similar to there no be there being no hint of the doctor being like, ah, soldiers, I hate all <laughs> yeah, soldiers. Right. And that suddenly was a thing in like one episode that is then surmounted as like, oh wow, he overcame his hatred of soldiers. That mm. would happened started mm. one episode ago. Brand new, yeah, he's finally gotten past it. Mm. all right mm. well why don't we move all on right. to our classic episode yeah yeah this is season four uh Back story number six it is only the 33rd doctor who story ever very early on a four-parter the 11th of february through the 4th of march 1967 we got the sixth doctor i'm sorry we got the, <laughs> <laughs> we got the second doctor and polly ben and jamie who we just we were we were just checking in with them a few episodes ago Right, yeah, yeah, we just met Polly, and uh, this is uh, this is only Jamie's like third episode. Yeah, this is right after the Highlanders, Jamie. which we uh, yeah. listened to not too long ago. Okay, but we have a clip, and here is this is the Moon Base. I didn't say the name of it. The yeah, moon, moon Base. Hmm. Here is a clip. This thing you saw, what was it like? It was enormous and silver, and it had holes in its head for eyes, like a robot. A robot. The Cybermen were all killed when Mondas blew up, weren't they? Stop this Cyberman nonsense. There were Cybermen. Every child knows that, but they were all destroyed ages ago. 
So we all thought. That's enough. Now, let's have a little calm thinking. For the past two weeks, a completely unknown disease has appeared in the base. People drop in their tracks, they develop this black pattern on their skin. Then some of the patients disappear, right? Well, they can't leave the base without wearing spacesuits. There are no spacesuits missing, so where are they? I must say, it does sound a little odd. More than a little. Well, I do know one thing. A new disease starts, people disappear, and then you turn up. And you think we did it? Oh, come off it. We haven't done a thing. That's as maybe. I don't know who you are, what you are, or where you came from. But you can get off the moon now. Yeah, well, that suits me fine. The sooner the better. No, Ben. We can't go yet. Well, why not? They don't want us here. Because there is something evil here, and we must stay. Evil? Don't be daft. Evil is what I meant. There are some corners of the universe which have bred the most terrible things. Things which act against everything that we believe in. They must be fought. That's a sort of a mission statement of the doctor. That's a famous, famous little speech from him about uh, some Evil. corners of the universe. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Evil. So, I mean, a contrast interesting between early Doctor Who when the first Doctor Who, which was like, yeah, as soon as anything happened, they'd be like, let's go to the TARDIS and get out of here. And then they had to like, <laughs> come up with some reason to separate them from the TARDIS because she's like, let's just go. Let's leave. We're leaving. This is not about us. Yeah. All right. So we're in now 2070. So yeah. we've gotten past 2049 where yeah. the, where this the, the this dragon is the new egg moon, I was guess. in the moon. They were like, we're into space now. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, so let's put them base on that egg. <laughs> let's get a base up there on that egg <laughs> and that's where we show up and first we get to the moon mm-hmm. and then ben and polly and jamie have a great time on the moon now here we are not skimping on effects they're jumping around on the gravity they're having fun trying to show that they're having no gravity and uh yep. so do some wire work did you you must did you watch the animation i guess of this okay yeah so i watched the, the animation, animation and yep. then the regular yeah for yeah, yeah, two episodes are missing. One and one three, and three. two yep. and four. Yeah. yeah, one and three. Two and four are still around. <clears throat> anyway, they arrive there, and as kind of mentioned here, uh, they find out that this moon base people are getting this virus where and they just refer to like, oh yeah, they're getting sick. It's like they're turning into zombies. <laughs> <laughs> but they're like, Yeah, something sick. We gotta figure out this sickness. They get this skin rash over them, or they get these black yeah, spots on them. And we do tentacles. find that the Cybermen are causing this virus, and then they are zombies who are essentially like Cybermen in training at this at that point when yeah, they're controlled by the Cybermen. Yeah. So I there's lots of things I wasn't clear about. Well, first of all, let me just ask. Is this the only the second appearance of the Cybermen? This is number two. Yeah. So this oh, is wow. their second. Uh, they've been significantly redesigned. Uh, the mm. first one, we haven't watched it yet, but we will get to it uh, in a few. Uh, but uh, it was very rudimentary design. This one, they looked a lot sleeker. Um, if mm. you can believe that, this is a this is a good this is a good <laughs> <right>. design for them <laughs> comparatively. And then after this is the Tomb of the Cybermen. <clears throat> yeah, Tomb of the Cybermen later, which is great. I like the Tomb of the Cybermen. Yeah. So uh, I didn't get where okay so so the cybermen are here on the moon yeah they're clearly trying to i don't know i mean i know i know enough of the cybermen in general that in general they want to like kind of replicate and make copies of cybermen but why are they doing it on the moon are they trying so to i get think back? they're they yeah so so the their original story, which I think is supposed to be pretty much a direct sequel to, uh, involved the twin planet Mondas uh, coming to Earth uh, right. and trying to destroy it. And then instead, Mondas gets destroyed. So Cybermen are scattered. So it's kind of implied this is a revenge thing. And they're like, all right, we will take over the moon. And then they get controlled by Gravitron, uh, yes. which is controls all the weather on Earth, which is a very, I, I read a review. It's like, this is a very English thing to be concerned about the weather uh well that they they have a gravity wave beam (laughs) where they're they're using the gravity wave beam to control the weather and make it control hurricanes you know or whatever yeah avoid hurricanes crashing into things and things yeah anyway so the cybermen are there they're trying to take them over as we heard by the way it's an international space station we got a french guy with a nice little nice little ascot benoit Mm -hmm. And then we have a gruff english guy and they're working together i like it's also Mm -hmm. yeah it's great they're um they're all every one of them is from a different country. Every single one of them has a stereotypical uh, like accent or I mean, the French yeah. guy. And then, then they're caught their Their uniforms are just T-shirts 
with their name and a flag on it. Yeah. <laughs> but like the French guys named Benoit and like the there's like McDougal and there's <laughs> yeah. like everybody's got a stereotypical name. Uh, right. And of course, it's still run by an Englishman. Of course. The and they're British all speaking English. Yeah. And all speaking English, of course. But yeah. yeah. Very funny. International cast. So um, we find out that the the virus is being spread through. They infected the sugar in their food supplies because what they found is like some of the people were putting sugar in their coffee and some weren't, and so mm-hmm. that's where some of the infection came. I'd be dead uh, instantly. I put a lot of sugar in my coffee and tea. <laughs> I would be been gone down fast. Yeah. We also <laughs> see. I thought interestingly that Ben takes it upon himself to put together this cocktail of like plastic corrosive material. Well, Polly comes up with the idea. It's oh, Polly. That's who, true. She, she, she bases on, it is at once both empowering and sexist in that she bases it on nail polish remover. She's like, well, right, that's just acetone, plastic, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and they're made of plastic. So we just put it in. It's like, okay, good for you, Polly. Uh, and so, yes, and then Ben concocts it uh, and they start throwing right, it. Right, well, I guess both of them because uh, anyway, and then, then, then they do that and it does work to some extent and kills one of the cybermen and then they're all like here here for that and i'm like i mean just because i just saw the 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 the, how these two first came to be companions yeah i was just impressed by the like moxie and intuitiveness they're like suddenly they're like macgyver like killing cybermen with with the stuff it's only been a few episodes here anyway they fight the cybermen then they finally figure out can we point the gravitron at ourselves? And yeah. then we have the very silly final sequence, which is they they do point the gravitron at the Cybermen, which just makes them float away. Yeah, uh, yeah, float away. And 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 sorry, the the backup the backups come, and the the flying saucers essentially of, of Cybermen are landing on, the moon. on strings, just clearly high plates on strings, just wobbling. And they just very gently go away. And then I like that they're just like. Well, that's probably the end of Cyberman. Like, why? Why do you think that's the end at all? Like, they were in ships. They were in. The ships can know. fly again. Yeah, you know, details, details. And then the um, the Ben, Polly, uh, Jamie, and the Doctor do a real Irish goodbye and are just out of there. Yeah, they're they're just gone. Because they uh, literally are yeah. turning around and be like, oh, we should ask the doctor if. Oh, okay. Oh, well, yeah. he's gone. well, you have to explain. And, yeah, I don't get yeah. and then they do a preview of the macro terror. At the end, they see the little the future. Yeah. Look at the. Which is it's just to create a cliffhanger, but really it's like, oh, I was this. Suddenly they're like, oh, yeah, I got this this time space scanner they can look into the future and it's like well that would be handy <laughs> than not but it's like yeah look at a claw yeah. yeah this is uh this is by kit peddler who created the cybermen uh and it's kind of a rewrite of their first episode it's in a similar base under siege kind of thing jamie was as you can see jamie's not in it much because he was added at the last minute yep so he's brand new and they weren't i think they weren't they they gave some of his lines to ben or ben uh, some ben's lines to him uh but yeah he spent most of the episode or the first half of it at least unconscious um which is always a good way to write people out in sci-fi yeah you got polly coming up with the solution in a a way and then also very very amusingly again it it veers back and forth between polly's like this great independent smart person and then you know in other scenes they're like Oh, Polly, go make some coffee. And she's like, oh, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, okay. She makes a lot of coffee. There are a lot of very lengthy procedure scenes of like, all right, this is people in rooms with clipboards being like, all right, move it down five degrees. And then like, set to move it up five degrees, move it across. And it's just like, yeah, this is this is like 10 minutes <laughs> at one point. There's also very lengthy <laughs> Cyberman walking scenes. Mm. On, and marching with, across the moon. Yeah. So, yeah. You've got, uh, I think Troughton is great in this as a second doctor. I think he's still early on in his performance, but th- that speech is very, he's good. He's got the gravitas, but it is also, he's sort of doing the, um, it's a great scene where while they're doing all that procedural stuff, he's collecting samples from them and like, uh, you know, he's stealing their boots or cutting bits of their uniforms off while they're trying to do uh, their stuff. And he's, he's really good. And uh, yeah, you get the, this is a, a redesign of the Cybermen. They look good. The voices are, hard to understand <laughs> they really yeah they've got that real electronic modulation on the voices and it's like nah, 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 and you know it's like what what is happening and uh yeah this is a this is a half missing I, why two episodes are gone and why two non-consecutive episodes are gone is an interesting uh bewildering uh thing this is pretty decent animation actually yeah for 
you know, the, as we see, the animation varies wildly on the uh, because of money. I think on the various uh, uh, animated stories, um, but this is one of the this is one of the good ones, maybe because they didn't have they only had to do two episodes, maybe they could invest. Uh, a little bit more in it but yeah it's a it's an entertaining uh it's an entertaining cyberman story and this is the the second doctor is the era of the cybermen i think there are five cybermen wow. stories for this tomb of cybermen the invasion the moon base the wheel in space yeah this has five cybermen stories so this is definitely uh they were the big monsters of the era for sure fly me to the themes Tell me about some stuff that happened and then happened once again. That is what we call a theme. In other words, <laughs> Doctor Who. <laughs> Doctor Who. <laughs> uh, all right, guys, we are adherents of the repeating themes Old here. Old Blue Eyes Mason. On, that's right. Mm-hmm. On No Not the Mind Probe. And uh, we like to talk about themes, ideas, and topics that are threaded throughout all of history and certainly throughout the world of Doctor Who. John. What did you want to cover in this episode? Well, buckle up, folks. I think it's time we rip this bandaid off because and watch our watch our views skyrocket. Watch the controversy. I will probably be on Fox News in the morning. Ooh. Let's talk about woke. Let's talk about Doctor Who and woke because we got we got Starbeast and the, the woke the, mind virus. The is woke that what you're referring to? Yeah, and I think I think I think what the moon base was depicting is that sugar was giving them the woke mind virus, and they were collapsing. Oh, uh, gosh, that and this makes is sense. a real. It's a dire warning to us now. Uh, no, uh, um, you got all three of the stories we talked about today. You've got uh, you've got the Starbeast, which uh, has the stuff with the transgender uh, character uh, and the pronouns and things like that, which is wonderful. But of course erupted you know the internet erupted into idiots being like ah and complaints to the bbc and you're making you're turning all our kids trans and things like that <laughs> your kids have your kids have, have trans like six different ways right they just keep because they keep seeing it and going back and forth right it's, well it's no only lot. because they haven't seen that episode of doctor who <laughs> oh yeah okay you're <laughs> <the> sheltering <laughs> yeah yeah i don't i that wasn't meant the I don't know if trans is a verb. That was probably the wrong one. Trans. I, I, I did not think transitioned. Would actually transitioned, be, I think, is the correct. I like yeah. that you've shortened and then <laughs> lengthened the short. I yeah. like it. So you got that. Uh, then you've got uh, Kill the Moon, um, which has, uh, you know, the, the, the uh, even in the little clip, we heard the stuff about, you know, womankind and uh, uh, and a, a female president and sort of women empowerment. Uh, and then you've got, uh, you've got the moon base, which obviously has... You know, you've got the the multicultural moon base crew, uh, and you've got the uh, you've got Polly. Uh, you've got you probably could be an argument on both sides <laughs> of the woke debate here. Uh, I mean, you have the multinational moon base crew, but there's no women except Polly. Uh, but yeah, I mean, so there's sort of this uh, uh, with the Star Beast and Russell T Davies coming back, and obviously a noted queer writer uh, and you know producer and all that, who you definitely advances the political agenda. Uh, in his writing, you know, is Doctor Who woke? Has Doctor Who always been woke? Is that is that part of the the uh, is it part of the show, or is it shouldn't it, or or is it no no Doctor Who shouldn't be political? It shouldn't it should be just it's just a show about monsters. Uh, you can depict genocide, that's fine, but that's don't okay. don't infect our kids with with the cultural cultural warfare uh, of of the day. Well, gosh, yeah, yeah. I- it, Buckle up, it Sean hasn't Hannity. always been. I mean, like, and again, like this woke term and that has been used and then weaponized. <clears throat> yeah. But basically meaning like, is it is it the place of Doctor Who to talk about <clears throat> progressive or potentially sensitive cultural areas? Like, is that is that where Doctor Who should be? And 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 then has it always been like that? I mean, it seems to be to some extent sci fi has always been that right because yeah. you are projecting things into the future. So one way or another, you're indicating how things will be like in the future. So if they're not like they are now, you're indicating like, yeah, that was a dumb thing we did now. Yeah. And then, you know, and then we do it different in the future or it's like, oh, yeah, that's a stupid thing. Obviously, clearly no one cares about this in the future. Have they always been like it? I mean, you have a much better sense of that than I, but it seems like it. Like yeah. they would. I remember pretty early on, even in the ones in the Hartnell era, we had like black astronauts and stuff like yeah. that in mm-hmm. a couple of the things now. So I think it has always tried to do that. But then there's ham handed things too, right? Where then we look back and watch some of these things decades later and we're like, oh, that looks a little rough the way they were depicting, <laughs> especially like native peoples um, of the various planets and stuff like that. Yeah, that's a good one. 
gets rough. And and um, certainly in misogyny, or not even often sometimes misogyny, I guess it's misogyny, but some of it's just like the dismissal of women yeah, uh, as like not actually being able to to help or put on as objects or something like that. You got so the I think they Asian face. That's also not yes, definitely. Woke. So mm. I think they try mm. to. So I think they've tried in their way to do these things, but then are still of their time. So have some pretty, you know, not progressive things going on at the same time. I think it seems in in the sense that should it be? I mean, it, I don't know, but <laughs> but it seems like the part of the tenor of the show because it's gone on for seventy years is that it is supposed to speak. Even though it's not of its t- speaking about modern day stories that much, it's like it is supposed to be of its time in all the different times that it has been. So, yeah, you should probably speak about kind of cultural things going on. And I think it can do it in a unique way because it doesn't have to go right at them. It can kind of hint at them in in a in a clever way. I thought the the particular story of the special was more right at it right that yeah, was just yeah. saying like we're in this time right now and we're going to talk about how this is and and that it's involving a main character i thought there were some things that were good about it and some things that were like okay i don't know i thought to me i thought a wonderful scene was donna and her mom talking about yeah, her daughter <clears throat> and that the grandma sort of saying like saying a couple words i forget what she said exactly but she said a couple words and she was like Oh, I don't know. Am I even supposed to say that? Right, I, that I, okay? I get to tongue tied. I don't know what I'm supposed to like. She's clearly trying yep. to do her best, but you can see her like, I don't know what the right thing to do all the time is. And uh, I thought that was a nice scene. But yeah, I don't know. This was definitely more head on. I think if it w- became like only about that, uh, not j- I don't mean trans issues necessarily, right, but right. like if it became only about like, Here's a hot button cultural issue. We're talking every single episode. Like an intergalactic was... war over transgender bathrooms. And it's just like, you know, yeah, the, that the, the one race, the... the Daleks are against them. Uh, and the, uh... That would feel distracting. <laughs> I feel like what I almost thought, what I would have more expected was if this character, and I don't know, I, I, I had to kind of assume this character because we'd heard this character was coming. Yeah, yeah, and I thought that they were going to be a regular character. Well, now it seems I don't think they will be, right? I mean, I don't know, but hard. To, it's not clear. Oh, uh, still, still working that out. And I guess what uh, I would yeah. sorry, the last thing I want to say is what I would have rather seen is I would have rather had this character be a regular character, and that maybe we got this episode. But I almost I feel there's a little short shrift to the character that like this is the only episode they got, and it's sort of really about it's like hey, there's a trans character, and it's a whole episode kind of about them being trans and now we're moving on from them it's yeah. like well, well also we they're just it. people i'd like to kind of have them yeah we solved it we <laughs> solved it. Them. moving on now we got to move on to the world wheelchair so that's all. yeah no i i think i think dr yes has always been progressive or tried to be progressive and try yeah i think you're right capturing the science thing. we haven't done the green death yet but that's one uh, third doctor one that's very much about environmentalism uh you've got women's liberation obviously through the did they solve 70s. that did they solve environmentalism yeah yeah that's all oh. no big climate change Great. i mean well it's a lie anyway but if it weren't uh yeah uh they solve it by saying it's a lie right <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh yeah, I think it's always been. And so, yes, this idea that people were like, oh, it's it's getting too woke now or something like that is always sort of laughable to me because it's like, and, you know, even there even so, uh, I think there was a line in one of the specials where the doctor talks about a guy who uh, a celebrity or something who they he fancied, right? That Don, uh, Catherine Tate said, or Donna said something about uh, someone is very fit, which is English for hot. And, uh, and the doctor agrees or something. And so then there were these things you know, these have like, he's like Dr. Gay now. And I was like, well, he was just a woman. Right. Uh, and it's also been established that uh, he doesn't, yeah, he doesn't really see gender. Uh, and, uh, you know, Captain Jack was very flirty and all this. So it's like, so yeah, I don't, I don't know how you can, how you can label him or them. I mean, actually the, the, I think the current approach and I, it's not, it makes sense as to the, the pronoun for the doctor should be them. They, them, because uh, you know, <laughs> there literally are them. They, first yeah. of all, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of the <laughs> traditional usage of the word. Like they are a plural, like, yeah, <laughs> but funny. yeah, it, and it's, Interesting. Uh, you know, it is like it is it is sci-fi. Yeah, as you point out, like Star Trek, 
you know, the first series of Star Trek. Uh, you had a multi-racial, multi-ethnic crew. I guess the same thing. A multi-gender crew. Um, you had a black woman as an officer, you know, on the bridge. And you had, um, uh, you know, Asian and a Russian and a, a Scotsman. It's getting finally Scotsman reput- representation on TV. But yeah, and, and you know, they had those, uh, they had storylines too that were about reflecting the, the 60s and stuff. Um, although maybe, maybe that is interesting. Maybe that is almost expected of the 60s right like the, even now people are like oh well yeah that was those hippies back then of course they cared about that stuff but then in the 80s it was just about you know selling stock or something like that all those all those star trek episodes about the freedman doctrine were very uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah no i i yeah it's sort of like it, it it's interesting is to i mean i'm i'm pretty progressive and i i you know i'm very much pro woke. like for me my attitude towards all of the woke stuff is like okay yeah if somebody if some group tells me hey this is insensitive or i don't you know this is a thing that i'm like oh okay i'm sorry like i don't i don't if i make a mistake i don't feel terrible about it but i'm like right but it's like oh good i'm, I'm glad if there was something that was being said or done that for a long time hurt people and now they finally feel like they have the power to stand up and say something or that they don't have to just take it then that's great and like i will happily stand corrected and do my best to to you know modify my behavior um and so it's like i wonder if i wonder how much of that is doc- watching doctor who for 30 years, or 40 years <laughs> right it's supposed to be like oh yeah that's what the doctor would have done right and so maybe you know this is obviously heavily influential um uh on my life and so yeah maybe maybe doctor who did me so uh, if you are concerned about people, your kids being influenced and, and getting the woke mind virus, um, which I don't know how you inoculate against that because the people who are concerned about it won't take vaccines. So yeah, yeah <laughs> it's a tough, tough one, to, tough one to beat. Uh, but if you are concerned about your kids getting the woke mind virus, maybe stay away from Dr. Who. All right, John, we tackled the big subjects. Ooh, I think that's, that's going to drive up. We had, um, we had over 13 views of our last episode on YouTube, but this one could pop right up to Skyrocket to seventeen. Yeah, those views algorithms. On this one, I think, probably yeah. Elon Musk will tweet about it and anti yep. something against it, uh, and then we're then we're then we're to the moon. Oh hey, Whoop. hey, hey! hey, hey. <laughs> so John, uh, mm. it's comedy like that that has led us to rank 184 of the first uh, 300 official Doctor Who television stories, and now <laughs> in, a, in a shocking twist, we're going to rank these two. Mm. <clears throat> So, all right, I'll start. So I'll start with the old uh, Kill the Moon. Yeah. yeah and yeah. Um, I, I have a new strategy for ranking. We have a very long list. We've ranked 184. Yeah. So what I do is I go right to the middle. So mm-hmm. I go to 80, you know, whatever, some, something okay. around there. And I say, okay. like, is it better, or worse, better than or worse than these ones I see right around here. And then I just kind of keep moving along until I find it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I moved along pretty far down with this yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't quite get into the basement, but I'm around in. I'm in the 140s. Mm-hmm. Let me mm-hmm. see here. Uh, 140. Well, I'll, I'll find it. But I, I'm pretty low. <laughs> Somewhere uh, down there. I have it next to. Uh, I have Gridlock right above it. Uh, mm-hmm. Ghostlight mm-hmm. Keeper of Tracking. Uh, so it, it's around there. I just I didn't really enjoy it, and you, it was one of those that honestly. If we were to have recorded this episode a week later, I think it would have keep falling. Like the mm. more I thought, I kind of watched it and I was like, oh, okay, I don't know. That was my favorite. And then when I think about ranking, it was like, what was that thing at the end? I didn't like that. And then I yeah. just kept thinking of more <laughs> stuff about it that I didn't really enjoy. So not my favorite. Mm. Moon base. Uh, I didn't move too far from the middle. I kind of started in the middle, moved it down a little bit, but I ended up in the 90s. I believe it was 94. <laughs> I ranked it. Okay. I, have it I around can see Earth. that because it's got a very 50s sci-fi feel to it, which is definitely your... I li- exactly. Yeah. I like that aspect of it. I did like the multinational crew. Um, <laughs> I like that French guy a lot. We didn't even talk about the wonderful... Well, so the the French guy was in the was in Faulty Towers. He was a chef on that. And then he was also famous for... He was... Wow, yeah, he was. Uh, he was Cluzo's uh, assistant in the Pink Panther movies, I think. Oh, wow. He was always... Yeah. That must um, be why I still, like, particularly like him. Uh, and I forgot. Oh, you forgot to talk about because kill the moon. But the physics of the moon base is fantastic. Uh, when they shoot holes in the dome and then they block it with like a, a coat for briefly and then a tea tray. Yes, <laughs> I like, love that. <laughs> Very fifty sci-fi. So yeah, I have it like <clears throat> right about in the middle. Like you said, I like enjoy the fifty sci-fi. I generally enjoy Cyberman stories, oh, yeah, but this like wasn't my Cyberman. favorite one of those. I thought in my mind because it was almost a very similar cast, I was comparing it to Tomb of the Cybermen, and I was saying the whole time how much more I liked Tomb of the Cybermen. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, okay, but not not my favorite. 
Yeah, similar to me. Uh, I uh, I got these both down down the list. Uh, Kill the Moon, I got at 112, right around Victory of the Daleks, town called Mercy, uh, End of the World. And yeah, it, probably if I thought about it more, it could keep going down. It, I was generous with it because it looks like, uh, it looks really good. Uh, and uh, I like Capaldi in it. And, you know, again, I still think he's, I think he's doing, I think uh, Clara's performance is very good, even if I don't agree with her sentiment. <laughs> like, it's like the way she, uh, the way she's acting doesn't make any sense to me, but the acting, how she's acting it. <laughs> is 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 very good um and that that scene in the tardis at the end is very intense with her so you know it's it's okay the moon base is a little bit further down but in a similar place i got it at 117 um right by the web planet which i think is similarly that's a, very similar yeah an ambitious an ambitious story with a lot of attempts at special effects and things like that that's sort of let down by i, I I had a, I don't, this is not one I've revisited often because of course it wasn't only until recently that it came out where you could watch all of it. Uh, I'd heard the audios and stuff before, but now with the animation and, you know, so I've seen it a couple times and it's, it's, it, there's not much, pl- I mean, you know, as we talked about many times, there's, it, this could easily be just two parts. Uh, there is not much plot. Uh, it is very, very, uh, very, very slow. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, it didn't, it didn't need quite, uh, it didn't need quite as much time. It just kind of ends up being a very simple plot. That's very dull. And it seems like they actually defeat the Cybermen halfway through at the end of episode two. And then, and then they like have to have the Cybermen reinvade and like land on the thing so that they can be like, uh, we got two more parts to fill everybody. So we're going to try it again. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so I got it at one, one seventeen. Yeah. So you were 117, I was 94 on Moonbase, and then you were 164 uh, for Kill the Moon, and I was 141. Uh, put in the supercomputer here, and we end up uh, with Kill the Moon at 134, right above the Idiot's Lantern, which I had, had, mm-hmm. uh, had uh, uh, took a look at that. And then the Moonbase we have at 110, right 110. around Aliens of London and Asylum of the Daleks and Gridlock. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we agree on that. So... I think this uh, is okay. In, uh, let's look at uh, Doctor Who magazine. Oh, uh, yes. What do they have to say? Okay, so Kill the Moon. Uh, it looks like the Doctor Who magazine readers agree with us. It is number 34 of 35. So it is wow. the bottom basement uh, of the Peter Capaldi years, um, which is interesting because I do remember when it came out, there were some, a lot of people who didn't like it. There were a lot of people who did like it. It, had, it seemed to split, but maybe similar to us, the more people thought about it, the more they were like, mm, yeah. So, uh, yeah, not not a popular one in the Capaldi years. Uh, and then uh, the moon base uh, right in the middle of the pack uh, in the Patron years. It is number uh, number was last, number 11 um, right. of uh, 21. So just right smack in the middle and always been there um, over the last several times they've done this survey. It's always been 11 or 12. So uh, I think, and I think, yeah, I think a classic example of the Trout stories. I think this is a very, very, uh, uh, if you had to say, what's an example of the Troughton era? What's the the ethos of Troughton? I think this would be it. And then going back to our Capaldi watch, you you still have him now uh, really highly ranked as a doctor through this Mm -hmm, first, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. almost this first full season. I have him about tied with Tennant, but you have him number one with a bullet, um, below Tennant, below the third doctor, Mm -hmm. below... Everybody. Uh, so. so let's see. He he must just because he must have saw because I'm looking at my rankings and I don't. He does not appear until. Uh, still scrolling. <laughs> he does not appear until yeah. listen number thirty one. Uh, I've got it's true. Listen. But you have them all kind of like clumped fairly highly there. After yeah. That. So yeah, yeah because yeah. like with with Matt Smith <clears throat> and with David Tennant, you have a bunch in the top yeah. and with and with um the fourth Doctor Tom Baker, but. You have a bunch at the top, but we also have a bunch of stinkers. So, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And we haven't gotten through all of Capaldi, but I just thought it's interesting how. Hmm. And for me, too, I have him. I'm surprised, like, I still have him pretty high, and that, like, I still haven't loved any of these stories that much. And yet, <laughs> and yet, like, I, you know, again, they're, they're not terrible, although this one was, <clears throat> was the worst one so far. That yeah, we've seen worst one. I, I would agree with that. Uh, you know, maybe he's hacked the rankings. Maybe Peter Capaldi is, is messing with our, our system. Yeah, could be. Mm. Well, go to mindprobe.show and Do hack it. for yourself. Uh, please try to hack into mindprobe.show. Yeah, please, because um, we've forgotten the password. <laughs> yes, and then and then shoot us the password. <laughs> uh, you can see these rankings. You can also see notes from old episodes. 
Uh, you can subscribe to the podcast, which we'd love, yeah, and for a ranking on there. Please tell your friends about the podcast. Please. Uh, John, what do we have in store for next episode? All right. Let's go to Egypt. Pack up your Ooh. bags. Wrap up your wrap yourself up in uh, um, in bandages. It's, uh, or it's Especially if you're injured. Mm. Please, yeah, please do please, bandage please yourself. Help. Please get help. And then you can be a fun mummy. Yeah, it's mummies. Mummies, mummies everywhere. We've got we've got uh, the next in line of Peter Capaldi and Jenna Coleman back after walking out angrily <laughs> in this episode, which we'll address in uh, uh, a, a fantastic title, The Mummy uh, on the Orient Express, which is a fantastic, uh, very Doctor Who-y title. And so naturally, another easy one um, to pair that with. Uh, we go to a fourth Doctor uh, and Sarah Jane. We haven't had a Sarah Jane in a while. Good old Sarah. Uh, fourth Doctor Sarah Jane in the touching on Egypt, but uh, of course still taking place mostly just outside of London. In uh, <laughs> the Pyramids of Mars. Ooh. Yeah. I well, look forward to that. Yeah. Tune in. I'm still sick. I, I, I may have the Cyberman virus. Oh, yeah. You have a yeah. combination woke mind virus. Or the woke mind virus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you watched Forever the Star left. Beast and got the woke mind virus. That is that's oh. a shame. So, no, I thought of, of Dr. Who fans as being pretty progressive. So, But they were, they were, there was a contingent no, that no, was up in arms. Just a bunch of idiots on Twitter. I mean, I didn't, you know, that claim to be Dr. Who fans. Uh, I think, again, the media covers things like, ooh, there was an explosion of outrage. And it's like, you mean five people on Twitter? Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's the explosion. Mindprobe.x.com.show. <laughs> <laughs>